Your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Jay Mamie Talk Show. Welcome, everyone, once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and I am your host for the next hour of Thrive Time. I'm excited that you're joining us today. Once again, we're going to deliver in today's show value and information that will help you thrive in areas that you are looking to thrive on. Now, today's show is going to be a little bit different in a sense that I am going to highlight individuals that I think are not only bringing tremendous value to the marketplace, but also innovation. And I'm a big believer that innovation is the, it's really what thrives what drives people to thrive further. So if you're an innovative person, if you're a creative individual, you play such a big role in the ability to move uh, a community forward, an industry forward, uh, even if it's just something that involves making an impact or, or an organization that, that brings impact to others, your innovation and creation and your ability to think outside the box. In fact, I'm always telling people that if you are a outside the box thinker, then don't pat yourself on the back. <laughs> don't pat yourself on the back because you still think there's a box. You've got to throw away the box to be a outside the outside the box thinker. Trash the box. Be a trash the box thinker. And your ability to come up with some incredible ideas will flourish because you are trashing that box. And that's what we have on the show today. I'm excited to let you know. We've got the founder and the CEO of a very unique real estate app that is revolutionizing real estate, creating tremendous buzz right now. So I had to get the brother on the show. Bobby Bryant will be on the show a little later on. He is the founder and CEO of DOS app, D-O-S-S, Ask DOS He's going to come on and share with us a little bit about what that whole new reinvention of real estate through a digital aspect is all about. That's the kind of innovation that I'm talking about on today's show. In a little while, we're also going to have a chance to chat with not only the person who has been attributed to uh, currently run the number one thing to do in Arlington on trip. Advisor. If many of you have been on, on, on TripAdvisor, you know that there is a way to rank the hottest attractions in a particular area, the top uh, the top places to visit, the number one things to do in a particular area. Where Arlington, Texas, there's no shortage of things to do in Arlington, Texas. When you've got the, the Rangers, you've got the Cowboys, you've got a number of different things to do. Where the number one thing to do rated on TripAdvisor is a place called Top of the Hill Terrace. Top of the Hill Terrace is known as the Vegas before Vegas. It's an incredibly interesting place. It's a historic landmark that the the historian behind that location and that movement, Vicki Bryant, will be here to share with us some fascinating stuff about the Vegas before Vegas and you're going to love to hear why it is the number one attraction, the number one top thing to do, rather, in Arlington based on TripAdvisor. And it's just fascinating. We'll get a chance to hear from her a little bit later on in the show. But I want to remind those of you, if you're visiting our show for the very first time, then let me thank you for taking time to visit this program, to tune in to our 
uh, weekly radio program. It's the number one talk show in many people's minds, and it's one of the leading programs on radio today, not only locally here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but nationally and internationally as well. We continue to gain steam week after week because of valuable content, incredible guests, Great information to help you thrive that's applicable and executable immediately after you finish hearing the episode. We continue to have people that can that just love the program and continue to support it because of those features of this show. So if you're visiting us for the first time today, I hope that you ha- uh, you walk away or once this, the program is over, you'll recognize, hey, Jay was right and I can see why people are listening to the program. And if you're a returning listener, thank you for being a continuing returning listener. We appreciate your support. We're coming up on our first year anniversary in just a few weeks from now, and I'm excited about what that one-year anniversary is going to to deliver, and you're going to be a part of that. So thank you for continuing to support the show, making it a big hit. By the way, if you've not had a chance to check out our previous episodes, then hop on over to the show website. It is thejmamietalkshow.com, thejmamietalkshow.com. You'll have a chance to listen to all our prior amazing episodes and our amazing guests. And also look at all the other goodies that are on that website between authors that have been on the show, business spotlights that have been on the show, incredible people that have added value in terms of making an impact around the world. They've been on the show. I think you'll like the website. And while you're at it, visit my personal website, thejmamie.com. You'll have a chance to hear my videos and my read my blogs and all the other material that I'm putting forth into the world to give you a thrive-minded experience. But I'm excited to announce that you'll also find that we have just released, officially released, our 10th book, Thriveology, action-stoking, thought-provoking words and phrases that is already creating such a great buzz for our early readers. You want to pick up a copy of my latest book, Thriveology, and then hop on over to my merchandise shop, Thriveology Shop. You'll find it also at my website. And while you're at it, make sure that you follow me on all my social media platforms. I'd love to hear from you, and I continue to hear from people all day, every day, especially once they hear the chance so they hear an episode and they love something that they've heard. I always get dinged with messages from all sorts of folks from all around the world because you're connected with me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on my Facebook page, DJ Mamie. You could also find me on my handles, my Twitter and Instagram handles, DJ Mamie, at the J Mamie. So there's plenty of ways to stay in touch with me to keep me in forefront of your thoughts as you are considering what to do next to create a thrive-minded calendar of activity. But I want to kick off the show today with Jay Mamie Thrive Talk. You know, many of you have asked me, how come sometimes I don't get into this Thrive Talk? Uh, You love the Thrive Talk. And that's sometimes because we have lots of guests, lots of content. I want to get right to them. But this morning, I do want to spend some time talking about Thrive Talk. I do want to make sure that you recognize that there are some things that are on my mind, that are on my heart, that I want to share with you as we launch into the show. And I want to talk about The four subtle addictions. My Thrive Talk today is about the four, what I title, the four subtle addictions. Now, you'll find that you'll have very little to disagree with me when you recognize that addictions are unhealthy and and often create chaos in your life in one way or another. Isn't that true? Uh, you know, although there are healthy addictions that can prove to be a positive thing in your life, like exercising, 
eating nutritionally good foods, reading, self-development, and a few other things uh, any, are good, good obsessions. But obviously, anything taken to the extreme can be harmful to living a balanced life. But there are some good obsessions as long as you keep it in balance. But there's always a fine line that exists, and you have to be aware of the fine line. But nonetheless, extremely dangerous addictions are easily notable. The more notable uh, are quickly identified and recognized by outsiders and the people that are struggling with them. There is nothing subtle about these addictions, and they are dangerous. And the addictions I'm talking about, the more notable ones, are addictions like tobacco, alcoholism, drugs, uh, and sex. Uh, These addictions are not subtle, and they're very dangerous, as many of you know. But however, you have to be aware that there are other subtle addictions that are equally harmful to your ability to thrive. In general, to your ability to thrive, these subtle addictions fly under the radar and they can harm and hurt your progress and your ability to thrive. These addictions may not carry the same stigma, the same notoriety, uh, the same catastrophic effects as tobacco and drugs and alcohol and sex, but they still can be dangerous because they're subtle. And as I mentioned earlier, they operate underneath the surface and most people don't even know they have an addiction issue. That's why you'll never see that those folks will never see or, or recognize a need for help or self-correction because they fly that low under the radar. By the way, what's the simplest way to know if you're addicted to something? You can't stop doing it or you struggle severely to do so. You're constantly, whether consciously or subconsciously, looking for ways to get your fix. So for the sake of just brevity, I want to highlight Four, as I mentioned, four subtle addictions that are incredibly important for you to be aware of. And the first one is recognition addiction. That's right. Recognition, recognition addiction. There are people that are addicted to recognition. So with the help of social media, this subtle addiction has right now taken front and center. I don't think anyone would disagree with this. There are people that struggle with recognition addiction because they need to have others like or view their posts, uh, which are usually like 99% about them, right? There's nothing wrong with posting or sharing important information when appropriate, but boy, a constant barrage of personal pictures and stories with no real purpose other than the recognition of a like or a thumbs up or something like that. Boy, that's a subtle addiction. The sad fact is that these individuals have attributed self-worth and personal value based on the number of likes and views that they get on their platforms. The need to be liked or viewed daily is certainly harmful because it can create a false identity and empty validation. The next addiction, (laughs) and many of you are going to agree with this one, complaining addiction. You ever meet someone who complains all the time? I mean, they complain about this, they complain about that, they complain about the other, and the fourth. They even complain about having nothing to complain about. (laughs) These complaint addicts, they just don't feel right unless they are finding something wrong in every situation. It starts early in the morning and usually runs the course throughout the day. To some extent or another, there is something that they're complaining about. You see, for these complaint addicts, for them... It's perfectly normal to find the negative in something. 
they would suffer from complaint withdrawal symptoms if you were to ask them to look at the bright side of things. This subtle addiction becomes toxic to not only their joy and creativity and peace of mind, but to everybody else too. (laughs) They're just toxic to themselves and toxic to everyone else around them because all they do is complain and they cannot live without complaining. That's a problem. That's an addiction. Here's the third one, a spending addiction. Now, I know I'm going to hit some of you now. Although an apparent addiction to everyone else, this subtle addiction is never realized or even acknowledged by the person struggling with it. They don't even see it as a problem. To them, spending is as natural as breathing. And when they don't spend, somehow they feel as if their day was not complete. This subtle addiction rarely allows you to return home without buying something. (laughs) And for this person, the size of the purchase is irrelevant because it's something, it's just simply the act of buying something that satisfies their need to spend. That's a bad addiction. Here's the last one, folks. Stimulation addiction. With all of the new apps and sites and tech gadgets available today, not to mention 300,000 channels to choose from on TV and cable, it's easy why anyone would become addicted to the constant cerebral stimulation that they pursue. These individuals cannot function well unless they are plugged into something that provides constant stimulation of the senses. The idea of just sitting around doing very little or something less stimulating freaks them out. They go into shock (laughs) if you remove any electronic device from them for any amount of time. There's something to be said about living a balanced life. And I hope that these four addictions, if you are in the middle of struggling with them, they have shed some light so you can work with them, work through them, and not have them become a stumbling block to your ability to thrive. Folks, awesome start to the show. We're coming right back with Vicki Bryant from Top of the Hill Terrace after the break. Hey, everyone, this is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I just want you to know that my book, my 10th book, is finally available, Thrivology action-stoking and thought-provoking quotes and phrases is now available for your purchasing pleasure. This book has already making tidal waves among those who appreciate content that is driven to give you a thrive-minded mentality and also reminders throughout the course of the week of the things you need to do to thrive. Guys, you can pick up my book, Thriveology, at thejmaney.com. Hey everyone, Jay Mamie here from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I want to encourage you to visit my merchandise store. You can find it at thejmamie.com. A number of my inspirational, thought-provoking, action-stoking phrases and quotes that have been so much in demand over the last four or five years now are available in print. You can print them on your favorite coffee mug, print them on a poster. Take my thrive-minded content with you wherever you go. Visit my store at thejmamie.com. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I feel more energy. I remember that I would only mow the lawn like the front one day and the back the next day because I was too tired. Now I mow the front and the back, and I recover quickly. I recover more quickly than I ever have before. I used to be, like, really tired, and I relied more on coffee. Now I very rarely drink coffee. I'm not sleepy like I used to be, and then when I would drink the coffee, I would have, like, that afternoon crash. I don't have that need for a nap in the middle of the day when I take my balance in nature. 
Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code DALLAS. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. My first guest is someone that is quite interesting that I had to bring on the show for you to hear her story and the story of the number one thing to do in Arlington, as I mentioned earlier. TripAdvisor has Top of the Hill Terrace as the number one thing to do in Arlington, and for good reason. And the person behind that movement and sharing the goodness of that location, what was known as the Vegas Before Vegas is historian Vicky Bryan, who has bring, who has brought that story to life over the last 20 years and is really responsible for, for the work that she's doing is the reason why it is the number one thing to do in Arlington, according to TripAdvisor. I personally went to the, the tour of Top of the Hill Terrace tour. It caught my attention when I was looking for something to do, and it was such a fascinating experience. And I thought to myself, based on what I've heard and, and based on how important this uh, this history is, I had to bring in the historian Vicki Bryan on the show, and she's with us today. Vicki, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, I thank you for taking time to come. I know you've got a busy schedule there with tours and all sorts of things, but I wanted you to be on the show because it's such a, it was such an incredible experience that I, I think it would fascinate people from not only local uh, here in the DFW area, but I, I think around the world, people would want to learn more about this facility because it's so incredibly unique and so historic and so many juicy stories behind it. Uh, the Vegas before Vegas, that in itself is wonderful. But before we dive into it, can you share a little bit about yourself. All right. I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. And um, when I was 20 years old, my husband and I moved to Texas for him to attend Bible Baptist Seminary, which is now Arlington Baptist University. And it, the school is on the site of what used to be Top Hill Terrace. And uh, my husband and I have been in the ministry for over 50 years. And um, so it took something special uh, to um, help us tell the story here because we've been quiet 50 years. Mm -hmm. So what was it that inspired you to tell the story of Tapa Hill Terrace? What inspired you to do that? In 1993, uh, my husband and I came back to Arlington Baptist College uh, when he became president. And I started running the bookstore and working on the college history uh, during the quiet times and always wanted to do something with the top of the hill. But I didn't think it'd be appropriate with us being a Bible college and me having been a pastor's wife uh, at that time for almost 25 years. And uh, I don't know if you know this, most Baptists don't gamble. And... um, I always tell everyone the tour that my husband and I soon would be married 54 years with never, never allowed a deck of cards in our house. Wow. So, uh, you know, I just couldn't touch the story for the first eight years until I found a publication where it was showing that our founder uh, fought the place in 1934. And then I went to my husband and I told him I wanted to work on the story and he, and he said, go ahead. So I've been, 
full steam ahead for 20 years. So did you know that the that there was such rich history uh, literally underneath your feet, as, as you'll begin to tell the story shortly, all of those years while you're there in, in operations at the Bible College, did you have any idea what was happening beneath your feet? Well, uh, we I did know it was quite interesting because when we moved here, uh, there was one escape tunnel, so everyone was fascinated by that and knew just a little about Top of the Hill, but it was so um, against what we Baptists believe. The uh, president or the professors weren't to talk about Top of the Hill here, and so I wanted to work on it, but I didn't think it'd be appropriate. But when my husband gave me the green light, uh I've just been consumed with trying to tell the story. For 20 years now, right? For 20 yeah. plus years. Yeah. Right, you're correct. Yeah. You've held the mantle to this historic place when no one else paid it much attention. Even the town itself, you picked up the mantle to make sure that these stories um, were brought to light. So so kudos to you for doing that when no one else was doing it. And we're going to talk more about that a little bit later on in the segment. But let's get us up to speed. What is the history of this incredible storied place? Well, in the early 20s, uh, it became a tea room when Beulah Marshall uh, purchased the property. And it operated for a few years as a tea room. But in the uh, um, Late 1920s, early 1930s, uh, Fred Browning, uh, a plumber from Fort Worth, began to purchase uh, portions of the property because he had some gaming operations he was partnership in in Fort Worth, and he wanted his own place, so he started purchase, purchasing the property. And it wasn't long he uh, began to convert it into what would be a casino. So the place was a casino back in uh, the 20s and 30s when, obviously, that was during the Prohibition period, uh, and and especially in a very conservative area of Texas, that was uh, not the the business to be in, not not something to be promoting, which is why they ran it underground. Uh, But the the brochure reads the Vegas before Vegas, but it also says... The brochure, meaning the brochure that you pick up when you go to the tour, and I thought that was very interesting, and even on the website, it was very interesting. But something else that was pretty interesting, it said from pokers, uh, from poker to preachers. <laughs> How did it earn that slogan? Well, the Vegas before Vegas, um, Top of the Hill became the hot spot uh, for people to come to gamble, and uh, even before Vegas really took off. And so that's why it's been tagged Vegas before Vegas. And um, if you get one movie star coming to a place and they like it and start to tell their friends, it becomes the end place. But uh, when we purchased the property in 56, um, Bible Baptist, we were Bible Baptist Seminary then, uh, it, the whole thing changed. Uh, the Bible students moved here from Fort Worth. Uh, had their permanent home, and uh, it became Bible Baptist Seminary, today Arlington Baptist University. So that's why uh, we changed it to Poker to Preacher. So let me ask you, I know that some of these, uh, some of the questions here are are better answered when you actually have people that are visiting 
uh, the facility. They're going through the tour as I did and, and enjoyed it immensely. Uh, but for the sake of those that may never have a chance to go there or go anytime soon, walk me through, walk us through rather a little bit of that history and a little bit of some of the interesting things that, that happened there um, that you talk about in your tour that was just incredibly fascinating. Can you do that? Yes. Um, if you were someone famous back in the 30s and 40s, which that was the heyday of the place, this is where you came to gamble. Uh, people like Frank Sinatra, Ginger Rogers, W.C. Fields, Duke Ellington, and that's just to name a few. And if I had not started on this 20 years ago, the story would have been lost because everybody that I've interviewed has died. Mm. And uh, there's nothing documented, so I've gathered this information by interviewing people. But I think probably the most famous people came here, Bonnie and Clyde. And I know they came here for two reasons, that Fred Browning would let him through the front gates, and they could come here and relax. And uh, that wasn't too many places that they could come and relax because they had security all around the property. And uh, I think one interesting person I met was a ballerina, Willetta Stellmaker. When I met her, she was 84. And she said that she came here to dance with the Ruth Laird's Texas Rockets. And she probably has filled me in on all of the entertainers that came out here and kind of how that operated but her first encounter with bonnie and clyde was in the tea garden and her group young ballerinas uh, ballerinas were getting ready to perform and she looked over and she saw this couple and she whispered to her friend she said look at that ugly couple <laughs> and what and what it was um they were drably dressed, and when they found out it was Bonnie and Clyde, those young ballerinas were told not to look at them, uh, not to ask any questions. So uh, she performed at the Baghdad Club in Grand Prairie, this group did, and so they would come over later in the evening, perform at Top of the Hill, and she said Bonnie and Clyde would be there. Follow them over here to top of the hill. She said they did that so many times that they could have done the dance routine. That's amazing. <laughs> now, yeah. in our last couple of minutes here, how did uh, Fred and and his staff mask? Uh, and they did it for quite a while from the authorities. How did they mask the fact that they were a gambling place, casino, a brothel, uh, all under the the umbrella of a tea room? Right. Uh, well, when Fred took it over, I think he operated as a tea room for a little while, but uh, he began to convert it over uh, to a casino. He dug tunnels, escape tunnels. He put a beautiful entrance in, a sandstone entrance, which is still here today. And he, at the house, uh, he began, when he moved in, he had gambling immediately. He would put up his bedroom furniture at night, pull out the gambling equipment, and they would gamble in his bedroom. But it wasn't long after that um, that um, he moved the house aside, uh, put a basement in, moved the house back over, and he put the casino in the basement, which today is our kitchen. And so uh, he had it fixed where they could uh, fold tables up into the wall, 
uh, flip tables over uh, that would have plates and glasses and forks and knives and spoons on it. And uh, some of the roulette wells were attached to walls, and they could quickly turn the walls uh, to hide the roulette wells. And the people here gambling would run out the escape tunnels Hmm. up into the garden. So by the time the police got through the front gates, uh, got up to the house, got downstairs, uh, the only people left down there would be the workers, and they would be sitting around singing hymns. It's just wonderful. It, it really is. And I, again, it's, it's very difficult sometimes to paint the picture unless you're there, but you're doing a great okay. job. And we're going to continue this conversation. I want you to share with our listeners some of the stories that you shared with us, some of the, the famous visitors who also uh, came to the casino. I'm sure you've got, and I know you've got loads of them, but we're going to dive into all of that right after the break. In his book, The Cadence of Excellence, author and top sales leadership coach and advisor in the world of business-to-business sales, my recent guest, Matt McDarby, uses real-life examples to highlight how to make better leadership and training decisions today that will have a huge impact on you and the people that you lead. The Cadence of Excellence and his new book, The Ultimate Differentiator, are both available now on Amazon. Chef Gorgie, the engineer-turned-chef, has created gourmet pasta sauces to help you make restaurant-quality gourmet dishes at home. Your family and friends will think that you've spent hours in the kitchen preparing that delicious meal. Made with quality ingredients and no added sugar, the award-winning sauces are available at DFW Area Whole Foods, Jimmy's Italian Food Store, Royal Blue, and, of course, Gorgie's Restaurant, as well as on Amazon. And you can find them at GorgieGourmet.com. Every journey can use an experienced guide, and your educational journey is no different. At Arizona State University, we're with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Our 200-plus programs are designed specifically for online learning with state-of-the-art technology and personalized support services to empower your success. Find your next journey at ASU, ranked number one in innovation for six consecutive years. Visit us at asuonline.asu.edu to learn more. Do you know that about 20% of all U.S. dollars were created in 2020? Yeah, most people don't know that. What do you think the effect of all those newly printed dollars will lead to? Inflation? Maybe. It certainly won't lead to the dollar becoming more valuable. In the past, people have purchased gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. That's because gold and silver have increased in value as the purchasing power of the dollar decreases. Buying real gold and silver, the kind you can hold in your hands, is much easier than you think. You can have it delivered securely or privately to your home or even put real gold and silver in your IRA or 401k. If you are at all concerned about the value of the dollar continuing to decrease or the risk of inflation, you should call the Oxford Gold Group right now, 833-928-GOLD. The Oxford Gold Group sells real gold and silver for the lowest prices possible. Call 833-928-GOLD. They will answer all your questions and send you their precious metals investment guide. Get gold you can hold or get real gold in your IRA or 401k today. Call the Oxford Gold Group right now at 833-928-GOLD. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. On the line here with Vicki Bryant, just having an amazing experience talking about Top of the Hill Terrace in Arlington. Uh, one of the main, uh, the main uh, thing to do in Arlington, according to TripAdvisor, and for very good reason. And so Vicki is sharing with us this, this wonderful developing story about Vegas before Vegas. 
So, Vicky, we left off talking about stories, and I'm sure that you have no shortage of stories uh, because you've done a lot of documentary work. And, and in fact, Vicky, before we get into the stories uh, that you can share and and the, the famous visitors who were there, you've done a lot of homework in documenting uh, the the people that, that, that have been there, all the different... Um, Events that occurred. How did you document all of this? Uh, all of this work. What did you? What? How did you even research for it? Well, when I had peace about telling the story, being a pastor's wife, I began to chase any lead that I uh, had. And my husband said I was like a hound dog. I would just stay on it till I got the information that I needed. But I would have people come in, would tell me about their uncle, and I would uh, get their number and contact them. And I've traveled to cities around the area doing interviews. And uh, I almost got an interview with one of the ladies of the night here. And um, but she was in hospice care, and I didn't feel like that I could go over there and interview her. But I wanted to find out how she was treated. And I, I'm sorry I didn't get that interview. But one person I would like to tell you about is Jack Poe. He I, he came out here one evening, and, uh, and one of our missionaries here on the property and met him. So she put me in touch with him, and he began to tell me that he, uh, as a thir- uh, nine-year-old, he began to w- work with the horses here, and then he was moved to the casino. And he said it was his job to take care of every desire of the gambler. And um, he was the one uh, that was down the street at, at this motel room. He didn't know who these people were, but he he was in the room with Bonnie and Clyde. And um, he was playing cards with her, and he said every time he would win a game, she'd lean over and kiss him. And he said she learned me how to kiss. I said, well, did they come here to gamble? And he said, yes, matter of fact. I'm the one that went to Fred Browning and asked it if it was okay if they came here to gamble. He said, that's fine, but tell them leave their guns in the car. But <laughs> out here, uh, you had to be quiet, and uh, bad things happen to you if you talk to people on the outside, which he did, and they found out about it. They got him down, split his tongue with a knife, and guess who the cook sewed it together with needle and thread. Mm. And that there were three bodies down on Rush Creek and one was still moving. That's amazing. And he saw that, right, uh, himself. Uh, he did. Now, and what? I've been mm-hmm. Stories of things that happened here that I've been sworn to secrecy. If I were to tell you everything I know, I'd have to worry about starting my car. <laughs> I believe it. So, what are, who are some of the other folks? that also uh, you found visited the place that, again, underground stuff happening here, uh, but because of your work, you have uh, really unveiled all these incredible other people, notable people that have also uh, visited the place. Who are some of these other folks, and what are some of their stories? Well, uh, Fred Browning had his own boxer, Lou Jenkins, so he had a sparring ring out here. And uh, some of the boxers that came here is Joe Lewis, um, Jack Dempsey, Max Bayer, Slapsy, Maxie Rosenbloom, and uh, Fred Browning traveled around with his boxer, uh, even to Madison Square Gardens. So Fred was into gambling, uh, horse racing, and boxing. 
Amazing. I meant to mention Ginger Rogers. We have uh, several confirmations that she danced out here as a young woman in our tea garden. They would roll out a wooden floor over on the Overlook area. And I did had a have a 95-year-old tap dancer uh, in a group, and he shared with me that he was waiting down below the overlook, uh, waiting to perform at, at following Ginger Rogers. So um, if you were anyone famous, you came here to gamble. Now, you had uh, your facility. The facility was on, I think it was National Geographic, I believe, or the History Channel, one of those I, you mentioned. The History Channel. They came in and they did an entire documentary on the facility, and they had mentioned to you that there are so many more underground tunnels that it, the whole place would have to be sort of excavated in order to really find out how many underground tunnels are really lying underneath that facility. Isn't that true? That's true. Uh, they brought a guy in with ground-penetrating equipment. And so he was picking up anomalies everywhere. And when he got ready to leave one day with his ground penetrating equipment, he told me in passing, he said, you got a big room under the parking lot and it's proven to be true, but I have no funding. And uh, so it's going to, uh, you know, take someone else helping us to locate those underground tunnels and rooms. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute or two. But why do you believe that that the attraction, uh, the, your your place, has has become such a uh, such a a popular place for people to visit? I mean, number one um, uh, location to visit uh, on TripAdvisor, it's that's a big deal. I mean, to be number one, it's a big big deal. Why do you think people are gravitating towards your facility um, among all the other things they can do in Arlington? I always tell everyone I've had divine help. I'm a one-man operation with little money. So it is, I think what it is, people are interested in the gangster side of the story, even some of the church groups I have in. And we cover the whole gamut here. And uh, they even like to hear about some of the murders that took place here. And people are fascinated by that. And the one tunnel that we do show, if you come in on a weekend, and the fact that we have a whole underground system yet to be discovered. That's amazing. That is amazing. So let's talk a little bit about that. You're a one-man person, very, very limited funding. And here, look what you've done in, in 20 years of your hard labor and because you believe in it. Uh, but what are some of the current challenges that the facility is facing? Well, since I'm the one that's put the story together, everybody looks to me to save all the historic structures with a little money. But uh, we got our first major grant from Arlington Cultural Tourism uh, Group, and uh, it took 20 years that we're able to get some of the historic structures repaired, and that's just the start. And um there's no one in the wing uh, to take over here. I'm getting ready to turn 72. Wow. And so I'm hoping that I can get my uh, presentation professionally recorded uh, before I step down. And uh, I'm afraid once I step down, the story might go away. So I just want to get everything in place before I do step down. When you say things in place, what does that mean 
And what kind of help would you, uh, would what, well, what needs to happen, put it that way, in order for the facility to stay in the public eye as a landmark for years and years to come? I think uh, the first thing is the story recorded, because if someone else comes in and tries to tell the story, it's not going to be the same because meeting these people art. And uh, a lot of these people became my family. They're family members. And uh, I just hope we can get that recorded and everything uh, repaired, starting at the front gate and coming up the drive, every, repaired. And I want to get everything in place so that uh, the next person uh, can take it and run with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And what about funding? I know you and I were chatting about uh, the possibility of the city uh, looking at your facility as not only a valuable uh, tourist location, but something that really should be kept in the historical uh, chambers of the city. It's a big part of the history of Arlington. Uh, you're, there's some political positioning happening that could help the facility out. Can you share just a quick thought about that and, and what what's, in, what's happening in that arena? Uh, well, Jeff Williams, our uh, mayor, he uh, wanted to really take this and uh, do, you know, the city work with this. And there was a possibility they would rebuild the house here. And I was very excited about that because, you know, I, that would be just what was needed. But uh, we had several meetings with the city, then COVID happened, and then the city's out of money. So I have to see uh, who you know, the, what the next mayor, you know, how he's going to feel about this. Mm-hmm. But the president of the Visitor Bureau told me recently that someone asked him about Arlington history. He said the only major piece left is Top of the Hill. So I, I we've, we've got to save this place. I agree. That's why you're on the show. In our last minute here, what makes your story so incredible, Vicki? Well, I think what makes it incredible is that our founder, Dr. J. Frank Norris, at a tent meeting in Arlington in the mid-30s, vowed one day uh, we would own the place. Mm. So he led the charge with other ministers to keep pressure on county. And as a result of that, that really closed the place down in 1947 uh, because people were afraid to come back. So his prediction uh, that we would own the place came true in 1956 when the school that he founded in downtown Fort Worth and his church at First Baptist Church purchased the property. And I, our tagline now is when gambling and prohibition were on, was on a collision course with old-time religion. And really our story is a redemption story. Wonderful. Well, Vicki, we appreciate you being here on the show as a historian and a representative of the, the history of Top of the Hill Terrace. We're going to put up all your information at our website. Let me encourage our listeners, if you are already in DFW, pay her a visit. Uh, and also, if you are planning on visiting uh, Texas, make sure that you make part of your your visit uh, stopping over at Top of the Hill Terrace. It's a fascinating facility. Vicki is a wonderful tourist and historian of the place. I think you'll enjoy it and you'll find your time well invested. Vicki, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Folks, we'll be right back after the break.
Why are so many of our young people lost and not living up to their full potential? As parents, it's difficult for us to watch our children this way, unsure of their future. Opportunities exist for those who prepare to recognize and take advantage of them. Our recent guest, Dr. Alfred Titus, the author of the book, Forward Motion, has empowered people to understand that if you open your eyes and change the mindset of young people and allow them to recognize and take advantage of their full potential, things can change. Please pick up a copy of his book, Forward Motion, The Keys to Progress and Success, available at Amazon.com. Texas Security Bank is dedicated to elevating the champions of free enterprise. Founded by entrepreneurs, four entrepreneurs 13 years ago, our lending products are customized to help your business succeed. You need more than capital. You need a champion. Learn more at www.texassecuritybank.com. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jamie Me Talk Show. With me in studio today is one of those innovative, creative individuals that I spoke about earlier in the first segment that really is responsible for turning industries inside out. And Bobby Bryant is doing that in the real estate world. He's the CEO and co-founder of DOS. It's a digital format, mm-hmm. way to sort of take advantage of the digital technology that's becoming uh, even increasingly more available today, but applying it in a real estate uh, format. And we're going to hear all about that. So we're happy to have Bobby in the studio today. Bobby, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Jay. All right. So, Bobby, let's dive right into this. Uh, but I want to first learn a little bit more about you. Let's get our mm-hmm. listeners up to speed on who Bobby Bryant is. Wow. You know, Bobby is a guy who hates to lose. Uh, I, I'm an Alabama fan. I'm from Mobile, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Saban has the best statement. I hate to lose more than I love to win. <laughs> uh, you know, by way of education, I have two master's degrees in education. I taught in the public school systems of both Alabama and and Texas. And I guess I have a lot of patience because I taught special education. Hey. Uh, so, uh, but no, I, you know, I've been in real estate for 20 years. Love it. Love taking an edu- educational approach, given my background. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, grew up in, I had a great life growing up. I, I grew up in Candyland, had an awesome uh, middle-class upbringing, uh, a mother and dad that I just endure, you know, endear, you know, what they've done for my sister and mm-hmm. I and uh, education and pushing us. And I think a lot of who I am today is because of that upbringing. Listen, there's always a, a strong mom and dad behind a strong yes. individual, that's for sure. Yeah. By the way, spe- uh, special education is my background. There you go. Wow. That's what I used to do. I See? was actually in special ed for quite a while. Okay, okay. So I know that world well, brother. Yes, it I is. I know it well. It it's, is. Not, it's, it's not easy. It is. It's not easy. What's normal? That's right. <laughs> right? It's not there. <laughs> exactly. Not there. So what inspired you to launch DOS? You know, it, it was interesting. Just this belief, uh, uh, this, this, I mean, gut belief that, things could be different, you know, that it is no way that the real estate industry was formalized in 1908 mm. and that we're in 20, you know, 21 doing it the same way, mm-hmm. uh, ignoring all of the advancements of technology, uh, uh, believing that w- we could create a better way to search for properties, mm. a more intuitive experience. And so uh, that that started us on this journey, asking a lot of the right questions and and, and went to work. You know, that's a good point. The real estate industry has been around for over 100 years, mm-hmm. and I've heard this from a lot of different people. Yeah. The systems, the strategies, the formats, the procedure, it, it's still, it hasn't changed. At all. Right? It's the same. Yes. Um, and I think that's an industry that can certainly get left behind unless there's some uh, innovation in it, which is what you're bringing to the table. Yes, sir. 
But why did you feel that the real estate world needed revamping? I mean, some might say if it ain't that broken, don't fix it. Uh, but what are some of the current flaws that you've observed and have heard from others in the industry that you wanted to address? Well, if we just look at the industry for what it is, it, it has the core of it has historically been built with the agent in the center of the universe. And, and, and you know, it's, it's an interesting statement that has always been said in my 20 years of being in this industry. Uh, you can't serve two masters. Mm -hmm. So serve the agent, serve the agent, serve the agent. But but we're in this new era of technology that you, you see these um, current technologies like Uber and Airbnb and Amazon. And you know what they've mastered is serving two masters. Mm. Uh, uh, if, if, if I'm Uber, I have to give the driver a phenomenal experience. But I also have to do the same thing for the rider. And if you look at, you know, Airbnb, the host who, who owns the house and then the person who's going to stay in the property. These 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 this new way of looking at people and understanding what they want we, we're in the real estate industry leaving behind the most important element which is the consumer so i think there has to be new companies that present themselves and understands exactly what this largest buyers uh uh, uh of millennials mm -hmm. that are different who are functioning in a baby boomer world but they are changing things. They think different from us. They shop different. They want to live different. They want to work different. And we have to cater to that. We can't have an eight-track mentality in a mm -hmm. Pandora world. And mm -hmm. that's what the real estate industry is right. doing. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because if you do look at the track record of industries, yes. stale, old-fashioned industries, not bad industries, but stale, old-fashioned mentality, what happened to those industries when you uh, when they adopted a digital feel to it? Exactly. You mentioned um, Airbnb, but mm -hmm. you can say the same thing about Netflix. Yes. Right. Say same the same thing about Alibaba. Yep. Right. So digitizing a service um, or adding a digital service or aspect or component to real estate um, has a track record to it. Just look at all the others. It does. Right. It does. So you're on the right track. So how does DOS impact uh, not only the real estate professionals ability to serve their clients but also the home buyers and even the sellers yeah so when we looked at the overall problem we, we wanted to create a comprehensive solution i think the problem with the real estate industry is you, you see these tech ideas but they're solving problems in splinters we we wanted to take a step back and say how can we solve the overall comprehensive problem and and, and with that being said for the consumer you, you know this is the most antiquated, expensive industry mm. ever, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, how, how can we better streamline the process? How can we help save the consumer money? Uh, uh, and, and then how can we, you know, you know, defragment, you, you know, this experience by bringing it all into one place, giving an awesome technological experience. And if we're going to do that, let's live up to the promise of technology, which is to do two things, save people time and money. I'll tell you what, if you come up with anything that saves people time and money, exactly. you've got a winning formula. Exactly. So walk us through, walk our listeners through the DOS process, either buying a home, a listing one. Uh, walk us through that process as best you can, obviously, mm -hmm. being on radio. Yeah, so I, I want you to imagine, uh, and I'm going to use this example uh, just to give people a state of you know, mind. I want you to imagine Zillow and Amazon Alexa having a child. That child is called <laughs> DOS, right? And, and so what DOS is, is that you're able to download the application, you're able to go to the website, and you, you're literally able to pull it out and say, hey, uh, DOS, show me all the houses for sale in Dallas, Texas that 
between four and five hundred thousand dollars on a quiet street, uh, um, you, you know, with natural light. You know, and I want white cabinets. And what about dark floors in a cul-de-sac with an in-ground pool? Mm-hmm. And so you're able to search in this different way. It shows you the results. And then if you want to continue drilling down, you could do that. Okay. Uh, what about zone to Roberts Elementary School? Um, and you could just keep going. Whatever your interests are, it's better than having a realtor in your pocket. You know, I think that's going to rub a lot of realtors the wrong way. <laughs> well, y- yes. what, should, what should they be thinking about as they see this type of technology becoming available? They should be thinking about joining DOS as a realtor, right? Well, I think if they are looking to stay ahead of the curve, they should certainly consider doing something like that. There you go. So now you're known as the go-giver because mm-hmm. you practice the five laws of stratospheric success. I love that. Mm-hmm. Go-giver. Uh, stratospheric success. Yes. But what are those five laws? You know, uh, those five laws via Bob Berg uh, uh, is the law of value. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the law of compensation. You have the law of influence, the law of authenticity, and a law of rec- receptivity. Mm-hmm. And and when you really look at all of those laws, it's really giving yourself permission, understanding that you have to give more value than you expect in payment. And and, and another one I like is, like is authenticity, you know that's important now today. You, you know, people are buying you. They want to know you, mm. you, you know, and, and when you start talking about things like compensation and receptivity, we have to be okay with making money, but we also have to be okay with receiving that. It shouldn't be negative. You know, we have to be open. We can be such givers to the point. We don't know how to receive. Mm. Very interesting. I love that. And that's right up on your website too. Is on our website. We are an ambassador uh, of the go giver mentality. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. So let's talk about this. Whenever there's a new idea brought to an old industry, we just talked about that, mm-hmm. there are always going to be people that get rubbed the wrong way. Do you anticipate any of that happening? To some degree, yes. I mean, it's to be expected. Nobody's going to lay down, and and people hate change. You, mm-hmm. you know, uh, most people don't change until it's a crisis and it's inflicted upon them. You know, but but with what DOS is doing, it's a win-win. I think we have to evolve. I think the writing is on the wall. And so, you know, to have some resistance is, is expected. Uh, uh, and it's just a natural order of things. So, yes. Okay, that's good. Because sometimes you can get blindsided because you think it's going to be smooth sailing. Yes. And here comes a cannonball. Exactly. That, that knocks your hull out, right? So yeah. th- that's important for you to recognize there could be some resistance. But be prepared for it. Yes. Right? That's life. It is. Launching something new always takes risks. Yes. Right? And obviously, new program, uh, new, new app in an industry that's pretty staunch. Mm-hmm. Um, why was this a risk worth taking? You know, I believe in calculated risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I am a risk taker. You have to be. Uh, and matter of fact, to add to that, you have to be a little bit insane. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so with that being said, you know, I, I studied. I, I don't know. I don't just jump into something. I am a student. I'm a teacher. I'm a learner. Uh, again, I hate to lose. And by the time you ball all that up, I, I think DOS is, DOS is built based on and backed by statistical data. Mm-hmm. So we're acting on what the data says, and that's a risk worth taking. So where is DOS going to expand? I, I know you've got major expansion plans. Mm-hmm. Where are you planning on being 12 months from now and beyond? 12 months from now, we're in the big pockets of Dallas, uh, Austin, and Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're expanding to California here soon, mm-hmm. uh, and we're also expanding to North and South Carolina and eventually Florida, all within the next 12 months. You plan on tackling the beast of New York? Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll be going to New York as well. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's a huge opportunity That's in New absolutely, York. Yeah. Northeast is huge. The yes. Northeast is huge. So where can people go to learn more about DOS? You know what? Uh, www.askdos.com. And that's A-S-K. 
D-O-S-S dot com. Uh, you can look on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter. Uh, check us out. You know, one of the reasons why I like having brand new uh, CEOs on mm-hmm. the rise is mm-hmm. because I can say down, I can brag down the road, I knew them when. <laughs> they <laughs> were on it. the show when. <laughs> exactly. I'll take it. I appreciate you being in studio today, brother. Thank you for having me, man. All right, Bobby Bryant. Folks, today wraps up another powerhouse episode. I said earlier on, innovative, creative people doing wonderful things for the community in one way or another. And we had a chance to find out uh, more about that by two in- amazing individuals today. We look forward to having you next week, next Sunday at 11 a.m. Central for another hour of Thrive Time.